0: everyone, Sarah Brown-Wesling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. I'm excited to introduce Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. I was named National Teacher of the Year in 2010, and since then I've been committed to sharing the stories and elevating the voices of the State Teachers of the Year. It is my hope that this podcast will give you insight into the incredible work they do. In these episodes, the 2020 State Teachers of the Year are navigating responding to two radical changes in our society, the COVID-19 pandemic and the heightened awareness of institutionalized racism. Through this first series, my first lesson of the year, we hope to capture the true essence of the return to school from an educator's perspective. You can join the conversation on social media by using the hashtag, hashtag ntoy20 or visiting us online at ntoy.org. That's ntoy.org. This is
1: Carolyn Fennessy, Press Secretary at the Council of Chief State School Officers. Welcome, Amy, and thank you for joining me today. Let's jump right in. Can you please introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, hi, thank you, Carolyn. Uh, so I'm Amy Galloway, and I'm the 2020 Alaska Teacher of the Year. I teach civics and career and technical education at West Valley High School in Fairbanks, Alaska.
1: Great. Could you tell me about um, one of your first lessons this year, um, what your students did, and, and how you taught it?
2: Sure. So we are fully remote right now. And so my first lesson was over Google Meet. And um, so we've been meeting that way completely. So I guess the lesson I want to talk about was we are doing research and work on the social contract and how systemic racism breaks the social contract. And so I was leading into that, teaching students about popular sovereignty and the concept of consent of the governed. As I'm I'm kind of nervous getting ready to do this, it's all online and it's such a touchy subject and, and talking about race is so hard. And so I'm laying the groundwork And in doing that, I mentioned that there was a school board meeting coming up and one way to exert popular sovereignty is to make your voice heard by testifying to local officials. And so what was interesting and what for me was just kind of this side, oh yeah, by the way, here's an example. I had a few students in the chat Say, well, wait, what does the school board do? What are they voting on? What, are, what plan are you talking about? Because were, we were going to vote on whether or not secondary schools should stay remote for the rest of the quarter or whether we should come back in person. And so it was so interesting to see students get so quickly engaged by that. And the chat just kind of blew up. And so I backed off and I explained a little bit about um, the plan and how it was working. And I realized I asked the students the question. I said, has anybody from school asked you how remote learning is going or what you want to do? Like, has anybody, has the school board surveyed you? Has our principal surveyed you? And every single student said no. Nobody had talked to them. And so I realized that for all of my work about empowering students and giving them voice, like our students are essentially observers almost victims of what the decisions are being made. So, I put what the lesson I was getting ready to do, we put that on hold a little bit, to teach the skill of actually how do you, uh, how do you exert your popular sovereignty? How do you exert your consent to be governed? And so, um, the students asked me for information, so I created uh, enrichment assignment, they didn't have to do it. explaining what the plans were for our school district, um, showing them how to write public testimony and how to do it for our school board, and offering up my services as an editor if they wanted it, since none of them had ever given public testimony before. And lo and behold, I had about 10 students out of my, I have only about 45 students right now, had about 10 students um, who wrote testimony and submitted it to the school board, and it was read during the school board meeting. And I think what really struck me the most out of this was, well, there's two things. One, they almost predominantly wanted to stay remote. And that actually upset me because I was like, no, you want to come back to school. They're like, no, we want to stay consistent, and we don't want to come to school, and then be sent back home because somebody gets sick, and we want to have graduation in May. So keep us home now. And so I, th- I found that very interesting because um, it didn't necessarily match with everything that all the teachers were thinking. And then um, I had some students email me back right away and say, oh, Mrs. Galloway, they're going to read my testimony tonight. They're actually going to read what I say on the right. So they were so excited that their voice was gonna be heard, that um, it was not a lesson I intended, but that lesson in the moment actually empowered students. And now they're talking about doing it again for the next meeting. That's great. That
1: would have been me if I were still in high school. (laughs) Um, So this sort of hands-on civics lesson, is this something that you do in a non-COVID year later in the year, or was this just sort of presented to you and you ran with it?
2: This is something that I would do probably, right at, probably by, um yeah, mid-quarter. Yeah, maybe end of October, because I would feel that maybe they weren't ready, or I would feel like I would need to teach them more skills so they understand. So, oh, you don't embarrass me when you write, you know? And so I would feel like they needed more, and. They didn't really need that more. They were ready. And so I think the difference was, strangely enough, the chat is empowering more students to say something because they don't have to raise their hand. And so my chat as a back channel conversation is actually empowering and encouraging a lot of students to say things that I wouldn't necessarily see if I was teaching traditionally.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because I guess it would take sort of the social stigma out of saying something that maybe you know your peers wouldn't wouldn't be as as supportive of, or just the time element of you know you only have so much time to get through through so many people's yeah. opinions.
2: Yeah, I feel like I think sometimes they think they don't want to interrupt or they shouldn't. Like, there's just so many pieces that go into teaching that now they're, they have to be empowered learners. Like they just, they can't sit back and we can't give everything because of this situation. And so students are becoming more empowered to like give ideas and give input. And I'm becoming more open and reflective to that because I have to, because I'm so new. It's, um, you know, I've been teaching for 22 years and I'm a first year teacher again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. In years past, when there was not this civics lesson that impacted their day-to-day lives for them to seize on and, and use to apply these skills, did they, how, how did
2: that lesson go previously? So um, I would say it's, it's a little bit similar because in reality, there's always something going on that impacts their lives. Sometimes it's a little harder to find or it's not every student impacted by the same thing. But um, every, for the last, I would say, six or seven years, we do a school board candidate forum. And um, my department is really um, focusing on local government and civic engagement. And so, I mean, for the past 15 years, I have school board members and mayors and all those people in my class. And so, there's always something. I think there's always something. I think the difference is it's always a different something. Like for some students, it's athletics. For some students, mm-hmm. it's the half policy. For some students, it's the filter on the internet. Mm-hmm. I think what the difference is this year is there is unity in the issue is remote learning. And they are all, like we are all united by this common um, this common plague that, you know, that we have to figure out what to do. So it unifies them, I think, more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that's more sort of universally applicable and has implications, you know, across the wider community than versus just say a hat policy.
2: Exactly. And so I don't have to work as hard to make students see, look at this, like they really make decisions that impact you. Like sometimes I have to like stand in my head and burp jelly beans to try and get something that they figure out, oh yeah, okay, I guess. Where this year I've had to do like no work to get them to see that the school board and the decisions they make dramatically impact every single Mm -hmm. student and family's lives.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting to me too that they had the foresight to see you know that they believe we need to stay virtual now so that everyone can stay healthy so that we can have these milestones you know, mm-hmm. going forward.
2: Yeah, I was I was really surprised. Now, and I mean it wasn't it wasn't all of them, but I would say of the students I surveyed, 65 to 70% said stay virtual for the semester. And then a lot of students were not sure, and then there were probably only 15 percent of my students who are like come back to school now mm-hmm. so yeah I was really I felt like oh my gosh my students have a greater sense of civic virtue and the common good than much of the art community I was I was really quite proud of them but then the other side I was like well I think it's because we're doing too well at remote learning we're going to do worse at remote learning and then maybe we want to come back so
1: Um, besides the timing of this lesson, was there anything different about how you taught it this year versus in the past?
2: Um, I would say this year I didn't hover over every step and I also didn't make it, um, I didn't make it mandatory in the past. There was uh, a mandatory element, whether they had to do the school board or write it. There was all these different officials they had to write. And I will do that later. Um, Now they're prepped for it. but So this was more of an enrichment on the spot and um, letting them choose to do it, which is very interesting because in listening to the school board meeting, it was on Facebook Live. And after my students testified and their testimonies were quite good um, and they were all written because it was virtual, but um, a number of parents in the chat started um, disparaging my students or their teacher. They didn't know who it was, but, you know, oh, this is just some assignment for high school or, oh, their teacher made them do this. This is just the kids being the teacher's mouthpiece. So that That whole piece of, um, like, they delegitimize the students really quickly. And I got right in there. Like, I watched that. Like, I know that's my job, especially as a teacher of the year, is to make sure that the community understands what public educators really do. So I got right in there and I was like, no, this wasn't an assignment. They didn't have to do this, this was their choice. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to see how that changed the comments of the parents, and so that also helped me see that it is really important that when I do things like this, there has to be a mandatory component to it, but there has to be a lot more choice, that if it, if the implication from the community is it was forced, it, it has some, it has a bit of a, a lesser impact, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was very compelling that, like, a quarter of that, of your students wanted to do this, wanted to make this
2: I know. I thought that as well. And so that was like, and so that really showed me that there's a lot of things. I don't always have to make everything mandatory and for points. I'd be surprised if I could have enough choices and they were relevant enough that I'm going to probably get three-fourths of my students doing it out of pure choice in you know, doing it not, um, out of compulsory, right? We're not making them do it, but they're choosing to do it. So not compliance. Um, so that really it makes me want to, you know, reflect on what I'm doing, revise the assignment, and figure out how to make it even more relevant, so it can be less about compliance and more about learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: so final question. What, through this experience, did you learn about your students or, or teaching in this era or learning or, or yourself?
2: Um, so, what did I learn new? Um, I learned a little bit of what I just said, that students, if we can hook them properly with something relevant and high interest and connect to their life, teaching not for compliance, but teaching for learning and getting students to choose their path is going to be much more powerful than um, when you just assign it and make it happen. I think the other piece is I am dismayed by how discounted our students are. It really, I mean, I knew there might be something, but I was really surprised at how easily people disparaged them and their experience, and how little they saw in these um, young adults' expertise. I realized that I have to do even more than I've been doing to get my students out into the community in front of lots of different audiences so that our community can see that really, like, our young people truly are the ones who are going to save this republic. Like, they have so much power and glory inside them. I just need to do even more than I've been doing to um, help the rest of the community see that.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that is a good note to end on. Thank you, Amy, so much for participating in our podcast and best of luck to you
2: and your civic activist students all right thank you so much carolyn
0: thank you for listening to the first series of voices from the classroom the state teacher of the year podcast this podcast is brought to you by the council of chief state school officers national teacher of the year program it's our honor to elevate the voices of educators across the country and provide them with a national platform to amplify their message and advocate on behalf of their students and colleagues. Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NTOY20. That's hashtag ntoy t o Let's keep the conversation going.